The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hello, friends, beautiful people of the internet. You all are my friends. I told you that once. I'm going to tell you that twice. And welcome back to the Roto World Football Podcast. As you know, it is the most important podcast in the universe. Thank you so much for tuning in to Thursday show, Friday show, and Sunday's Roto World Live, which streams on YouTube and Facebook. If you're missing out each week, you should change that. Change that for next week. Sunday's noon Eastern. Again, search on YouTube for Roto World. It'll be up and scheduled on there. We go for an hour with the entire Roto Road football crew and answer your questions. It's a lot of fun and it's a good time. So join us next week. Um, subscribe to this podcast if you enjoy it at any moment. There's an episode today, Tuesday. There's an episode on Thursday, an episode on Fridays. And this Tuesday episode always includes Ray Summerlin. Ray, before I ask anything else, my main question is this, how does it feel to be a influencer in the NFL celebration department? I, I don't think it can be a coincidence. I, I have to say that Juju Smith-Schuster beat us by a year. He, he did his, he did his Kamehameha last year, but I, is I it Kamehameha you, or is it Kamehameha? I've always said Kamehameha. Perhaps I am, perhaps I'm incorrect. I feel like when he like loads up, he goes, it's not a ka, it's a ka. So like ka me, ha me, ha me, ha. That thing. That was pretty good. Not yeah. bad. You're really doing that. But I yeah, mean, we got the little we got blue the, streak just shot out of my hands. We got the Fujoku <laughs> fusion dance. <laughs> Which yeah. was it was it was pretty cool. Um, I mean, Daniel Fells. I believe he's still in the league and David and Joku. <laughs> Anyways, what I'm trying to say is yes, we just got a fusion dance and I love someone's and I didn't pull up their Twitter account, but if you tweet at me, I will retweet you um, said, Hey, if they had d- done that before the snap, I would have gotten <laughs> half the points from David and Joku scoring, which I thought was unbelievable. <laughs> it's good stuff. It, it is really fun to see all of, all of nerddom. Uh, start yeah. to start to infiltrate like in our new world, which is, which is run by nerds to have even to have Fortnite and dragon ball and everything else start to infiltrate um, NFL players. The jockiest of the jocks start to infiltrate the, their, their <laughs> world is just uh, it's really fun for me. 
I'm I'm kind of surprised because David Njoku is one of the youngest players in the NFL. He's like 21 years old now. Yeah. Um, I guess this just shows that Dragon Ball Z is timeless, does it not? Because yeah. nine years for me is a pretty big gap down to David Njoku. So, and you're like 19 years. So <laughs> anyways, Ray, we only spent three minutes on it this week. Let's move it on. Uh, Ray, you either waiver column over on Roto World. And I need to fix my fantasy team. I know a lot of people out there need some additions on their roster. And let's start with Richard Rebar's favorite player in the NFL. And that is Naeem Hines, who is really getting it done as a receiver out of the backfield for the Colts. In fact, Ray, he's made a couple like contested catches that are kind of eye-popping. Yeah, I mean, you watched, it wasn't even just what he did last week. It was, or on Sunday, it was the way he did it, which was impressive. And I probably should have had him, it was a very weak Weak week. There you go. It was a very weak week at running back uh, last time out. And so I probably should have had him as an ad after last week, but I was very wary of the backfield situation in Indianapolis. I am still very wary about the backfield situation in Indianapolis, especially with Robert Turbin eligible to return from suspension this week. He might not get much play because they're playing on Thursday night, but he is certainly, you know, coming back and, and going to be a factor. But when you look at Hines, over the last two weeks, his usage has been very promising. He obviously had the 73 total yards. He had two touchdowns versus Houston. But more importantly, he's played 73% of the snaps and then 69% of the snaps the last two weeks. He has a 15.7% target share over that span with 16 total targets. So you look at that and you say, all right, they're 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 really using him as the receiving back as kind of what we expected them to use him as. It's almost like the... Frank Reich's new Darren Sproles. He's not really getting as many carries, but he is getting some work inside the 10. So you like all of that. And it also, you know, makes sense for them to use him this way. The the running game is not working. So what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to use a receiving back. I'm going to get the ball in his hands and and I'm going to use him that way. As I, as I mentioned before, you know, Robert Turbin's coming back and Marlon Mack should be healthy at some point. So I'm not going to go crazy with this by any means. I'm not going to go out and and spend, you know, 25, 30% of my fab on this. But I do think that Hines is someone who should be added in all leagues. But is this a situation that we could see a similar usage as like the Patriots using James White or the Eagles in the past using Darren Sproles, right? This is a package of plays that other running backs in that roster can't. So maybe at least there's some floor to his usage because he's the only type of back on that team with his skill set yes or is that too much of a narrative no no no. i think that that's completely in fact the fact that it's reich that's that's running this team that's one of the reasons we got excited about heinz in the preseason to start with right was that we thought we've seen this type of usage before under him as offensive coordinator and so we got excited about it going in i think that that's true i i the problem is is that robert turbin can also do those kinds of things and not to that same expect, he's not that kind of back, but he can play on passing downs. He's like, I believe off the top of my head, I, I seem to remember him being good in pass protection. So like there, there are concerns there. And anytime you add bodies, it, it's a worry. But could he come out and be James White light? Yeah, I think that that's within the realm of possibilities, which is why I definitely think that he needs to be you know rostered everywhere. Right. We're also talking about the Colts versus the Patriots, though. Yeah, so. like that's that's a big difference. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's move on to Mike Davis. Um Gosh, we're going to start with this. Okay, so last week, Chris Carson with the Seahawks gets 32 carries. Um, He's questionable, and it seems like he's going to play. Then Sunday morning, it comes out he's not going to play, and CJ Proceis is active. So we all believe, hey, first-round pick Rashad Penny, this is his time to shine. 
yet they go with Mike Davis, who is better than Rashad Penny at this moment. So where do we move forward now with Seattle's backfield, other than just not even touching Rashad Penny with a 10-foot pole? Yeah, I mean, Rashad Penny, I... I'm I'm kind of debating. I haven't written the column yet. I'm kind of by the time of recording. I'm kind of debating if I'm going to put him on the drop list, which seems, which seems crazy with you know with kind of the unsettled situation. But Pete Carroll always take Pete Carroll injury updates with a grain of salt. But Pete Carroll said that Chris Carson's likely going to be back week five. He said that they're going to have probably something of a rotation. You would expect that rotation would include Chris Carson and not Rashad Penny, but Mike Davis after what we saw against Arizona. And they're starting to use Penny on kick returns. So they're trying to get him involved in other places. So yeah, I think that we might be looking at a situation here in which Penny is the number number three back. Talking about Mike Davis, I mean, if this is a rotation, which seems like seems like it's going, that's not exactly great for him. I mean, we saw a rotation in Seattle early in the year in which both Carson and Penny were getting touches, and that wasn't that wasn't a situation you wanted to have in your starting lineup. If that's kind of what we go back to, then you're not going to like that at all. And it's just maddening because this is this is exactly what we dealt with in Seattle last year. We we arrived and we said, all right, this person, we think this person is going to be the one that gets the carries. In this case, it was Chris Carson. Some minor injury keeps him out for a week. And all, all of a sudden, oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna use our rotation again. So it's just it's it's the it's maddening rostering a Seattle running back. But I still think if Mike Davis is out there, he's out there in almost every league. If he's out there in your league, it makes sense to add him, put him on the bench, see if Chris Carson actually comes back this week. Because if he doesn't, then you, know, you can you can definitely use Davis and kind of see how this situation shakes out. But if Carson's back next week, I'm not going to throw Davis right into my lineup. Whenever you can spend a first round pick on a running back who re- is your kick returner, you, you have to do it. Uh, let's move from a first round pick running back to a second round pick at running back who was active for the first time this season, I believe. Right, Ray? That's and correct. that is Ronald Jones. How did he look in his game? He he looked fine. I mean, that running game is is nothing to to write home about. And obviously they were smashed in that game. But I think the the important thing to take away of this is. First of all, I'm not saying that we know what this backfield is going to look like coming out of the bye. There's, there's no way, no way to know that. But what this looks like is an opportunity to get in early on a player who has an opportunity to to take over the backfield at some point this season. Ronald Jones played 11 fewer snaps than Peyton Barber against the Bears, but he outtouched him 11 to eight. He led the team in rushing for whatever that's worth. It was only 29 yards, but it was still leading the team in rushing for whatever for whatever that's worth. And I mean. He's a second round pick who who is playing behind somebody who's averaged three yards per carry this season on 50 attempts and has just two catches on six targets. So if Peyton Barber was setting the world alight, you would say, all right, then maybe this could maybe this situation could stick around. But the fact that Ronald Jones was active, the fact that he played as much as he did, the fact that he got the carries that he did suggests to me, especially with a bye week here to kind of make that change, that coming out of the bye week, we could be looking at a situation where Ronald Jones is the starter. You can get him on your roster this week for maybe less than, than you otherwise would have to pay if he wasn't on bye this week. So I think that makes a lot of sense. Put him on the roster, put him on the end of the bench, see what happens, and then, and then we can kind of move on from there. Ray, did you know we have a new sponsor? I, I had I have heard about that, yes. Yes. Our new sponsor, and thank you to them, the people at Vivid Seats, V-I-V-I-D. And I'll get right to it, okay? What you need to do is you need to go to the App Store or, or Google Play, 
and download the Vivid Seats app. And for first time new customers, you can enter promo code ROTO, R-O-T-O, to receive $10 off your first order. So what are you ordering? Well, as the name would imply, you're ordering seats, either at concerts, theater, and sporting events. Ray, if I were to go back to this past weekend to sit down in the stands to watch one single play, I think some of Josh Rosen's awesome completions. Because when he was kept clean in that pocket, he was able to hit Ricky Seals-Jones in tight situations. Oh, no, actually, Ray, the one I would go to is the 4th and 15 conversion of Taewon Taylor. That's 100% the one I would rewind history to. Our friends over at Vivid Seats would allow you to do that. So use promo code ROTO on the app when you download it. All right, Ray, let's keep it going. That Taewon catch, like that was... It, like it almost came out of nowhere. It was like, pivotal. It, it was unbelievable that they were able to make that play. I believe that Cordy Graham after the game was just beaten up about it and was was upset he made the mistake he did. But like it was unbelievable they were able to make that play. You, I mean, you have Taewon written here. Can we just talk about him now? Yeah, let's go for it. So with Richard Matthews gone, I think what at least you and I hoped and and many in the fantasy community hoped was that Taewon Taylor would take over the number two job. And that's exactly what we saw happen. He played 14 more snaps than Tajay Sharp in 63% of the snaps overall. He was second, both with nine targets and 77 receiving yards on the team. So he he was involved, as, as involved as any receiver not named Corey Davis. And I think perhaps more importantly than all of that, all of this came in a game in which Marcus Mariota finally started to look healthy and the offense finally looked like it was starting to reach its potential, pushing the ball downfield a few times to Taylor, to Corey Davis, really making things happen in the passing game. I, I look at this situation and I think this offense has a much higher ceiling than what we've seen through the first month of the season. We started to see that in, in this game against the Eagles. Uh, by the way, I mean, they haven't been playing good pass defense, but they, they are still the Eagles and they still have that, that defensive front. They, they start to really see what they could be they don't have a tight end anymore. Johnu Smith, you know, is dropping passes and is not really doing anything. They don't really have a number two option in the passing game. Taewon Taylor can be that guy, and he is very talented. If he's going to get the opportunity, I think that I think that he's going to start making plays, and it looks like that opportunity is coming. So he's someone that I, I definitely want to add. I'm not saying that you're you're going to certainly start him this week, although you know, going to Buffalo, that you're not really scared of that matchup. I'm not saying you're definitely going to start him this week. But he's certainly someone that I want to add right now and kind of see how this develops. Fist bump in the air, Ray. I love it. And look, I mean, and it was warranted. Like I trashed the Titans offense on Sunday show because last week against the Jags, it was just an awful performance. But I think a lot of that can be attributed to, you know, Marcus having a dead arm, basically not being able to throw. And he looked great in this game. Like there were even other plays that should have been converted that were dropped down the seam and down the field. Um, and again, you, you talk about, we talk about ceilings for offenses and Taewon adding a special element that they can't have an actual like receiver plays. Um, it could be a really, really fun one to watch. Another one that was fun to watch Ray on Sunday was Kiki cuties debut. I looked at his route chart on next gen stats and it looked like a seven year old just got a crayon and decided to draw <laughs> back and forth. Um, it was amazing. Like he was getting touches out of the backfield. Um, either runs or touch passes or pop passes and all these things. Um, it's They don't have a, a player like him on their roster, and they drafted Cutie to 
work the interior of their passing game. He saw what, like over 10 targets? So what do we think about Kiki moving forward? He saw 15 targets, actually. And he turned those into 11 catches for 109 yards. Now, some of those you mentioned, they were pop passes that were basically handoffs. He saw some handoffs. Yeah, I I am a complete agreement with that, by the way. If those didn't count, then Ryan people wouldn't have gotten burned by Ryan Tannehill this last week. But that's a uh, that's a story for another day. But the like so some of those aren't aren't exactly targets, but he was used. He wasn't exactly like you mentioned, you think that they brought him in to to kind of be that kind of gadget player and move all around. Maybe that their Taylor Gabriel, for instance. So another guy we're gonna talk about this week. But I think that he even has more upside in this offense than maybe what what we saw. He's probably not going to see 15 targets again, but only three of those targets came more than 10 yards down the field. I think what we saw in college is he can get up the seams. He can make plays down the field. If Will Fuller is is going to miss a couple games, which is what it, it seems like is going to happen, then maybe he can start to get in those roles. And it's not like this is just a, a one-game thing where the number three receiver steps in for Will Fuller. I mean, if we go back to week one, Bruce Ellington had eight targets in week one with Will Fuller out. Yeah. They're going to need a second option. They don't really have tight ends to target. If Fuller is out, I think that Cutie is going to be the guy. And if he's going to get these targets with as explosive as he is with the plays he can make, both on those those kind of gadget plays around the line of scrimmage, and like I said, when they start to use him more down the field, I mean, that's the upside here is, is immense. And so I, I definitely think he needs to be added in all leagues. I think he's going to cost a lot. Right. I, I I'm not sure that I'm going to be willing to pay the maybe 30 to 35 percent he's going to cost in some leagues because with Will Fuller comes back. I mean, we saw that Bruce Ellington didn't have really any targets after Will Fuller came back. I'm not saying that QT is going to fall away, but that certainly could happen. But but if possible, I certainly want him on my team. It's it's an interesting one, man. And I, I haven't been able to watch the full game, but it seemed like maybe a third to a half of the the plays that he got were designed for him. And that's a major question that they're going to do that each and every week. Right. But again, it's not like you're talking about starting this guy necessarily. You're talking about adding him to your roster and seeing where it goes from there. Um, Well, I think, I think if Will Fuller's out this week, then you're definitely talking about starting him this week. Yeah. But if, but if that doesn't happen, then you're kind of, you ended up spending a lot of money on a fab dollars at least on a player that we don't really we don't really know what right. what the weekly target share is going to look like if he's the number three option in the passing. Yeah, and quickly it the reason I said to help with their interior passing game is because that's what they said when they drafted him. You know, they they yeah. drafted him and Jordan Akins, who has not gotten it going at all, um, because they knew that they had Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins on the outside, and they wanted to work that interior. And again, if you look at his route chart, it wasn't really the interior; it was kind of stretching it on the outside. So, like you said, working the seams would be. Quite fun for Kiki Cutie. Uh, Ray, I also need to tell the people about Draft.com. Draft.com have supported us for a long time. And thank you all for using our promo code RotoWorld when you go and use Draft.com. It's very different than the rest of your DFS platforms that you use because instead of salary cap games, they also offer uh, draft games, live drafts. I mean, snake drafts. So you can draft a player, a a team of five players, uh, one quarterback, two running backs and two wide receivers slash tight ends. Um, and, you know, if you, the top three get paid out in $25 games and so on and so forth. I mean, they're really fun. I've been playing them each and every week. And the best way to go and check out draft is onedraft.com slash rotorworld or the, the app store, Google Play, wherever else, and download draft. Again, that's promo code rotorworld and you get a free real money game 
just for using that promo code Rotoro. So go again, check out draft.com. Ray, we got more wide receivers to cover. Taylor Gabriel is a name you just mentioned with Kiki Cutie. And Taylor Gabriel got it going with Anthony Miller out against, oh, with the Chicago Bears, I should say. Yeah, and I don't know how big of a role that actually ended up playing. I mean, Taylor Gabriel had seen 22 targets in the first three games. That was 21.2% of Mitchell Trubisky's throws. They just actually made them count in week four, in part because they actually used him you know, down the field. And he had, he had a couple long gains down the left sideline in which, you know, give Trubisky credit. He might not have been playing a real NFL defense, but he, he made some of those throws down the field, which you like to see. And so I, I think when you look at Taylor Gabriel, you say, all right, the usage was there. And so you like that as maybe, as maybe saying that this wasn't just a fluke that we could see this continuing on even after the buy, even once Anthony Miller is able to come back, which, which might happen after the buy, but you also look at it and say, all right, they weren't able to make them count the first three weeks. They played perhaps their their best matchup of the year yep. in against the Bucks. And this week, maybe this offense, this is the peak of this offense. I'm, I'm not even going to say maybe. This was definitely the peak of this offense, but maybe they're not even going to be able to reach these ceilings again. So it's, it's kind of a tricky situation here with Ta- Taylor Gabriel. I think he needs to be added for sure to see what happens. The good news is, is they are on bye this week, so you might be able to get him at, at certainly something of a discount. I think he's worth stashing if you can get him, but... I'm not going to go crazy with Gabriel because, like I said, that that usage was already there, and we just hadn't seen this offense be able to 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 make it work uh, with either him or Burton or Anthony Miller or Allen Robinson. Did has that changed? Maybe, but I'm just not sure. Yeah, that's an interesting point you made that with because you mentioned with Ronald Jones too. These players are going on buys, and so if people sort by their uh, projected point totals in week five, their names aren't going to come up. So maybe you can get them yep. like Ray mentioned for cheap. Uh, let's keep it going with DD Westbrook. Um, look, Dante Moncrief had a big week and that was after Kaelin Cole had a big week. So Ray, why are we so interested in this passing game that is led by Blake Bortles? Yeah. I mean, the, the <laughs> Jaguars receiving core is so up and down week to week that I usually would just ignore him and, and avoid them. But you have to mention at least that Westbrook recorded nine catches, 130 yards on 13 targets against the Jets, Ooh. which was just incredible. Kind of came out of nowhere looking at looking at, at what he had been doing before the year. But more importantly than that, they're going to be playing a game next week which sets up as a, as a shootout and sets up as potentially a really good game for Blake Bortles for, for a couple reasons. The first reason is it's against the Chiefs. And we know that the Chiefs have struggled to defend the pass all season. The Chiefs are a team which which makes their opposing quarterbacks throw more than they otherwise would like to. At least we've seen that through the first couple of weeks. The Monday night game is ongoing as we're recording this, so we'll you know perhaps perhaps it's going to sound stupid when you listen to this in the morning. But we've seen that at least through the first couple of weeks. I expect that to continue, even though they might struggle against the Jaguars' defense. I expect them to have to throw. More importantly, I mean Blake Bortles laid an egg against the Titans. But if you take that game out, he had been really reliable whenever Leonard Fournette missed games. It looks like Leonard Fournette's going to miss this one. We saw him average 323 passing yards and with three 300-yard games in four his first four games that he played without Leonard Fournette. We saw him last week have a big game, 388 yards and two touchdowns in a game that Fournette left early. There's something to this Blake Bortles goes off whenever Fournette's not there. You put all that together, you have a potential shootout in a situation where Bortles might actually have a really good game. 
you can look at D.D. Westbrook and say, all right, this is a really high upside guy. I, I think that you add him this week. I think you consider starting him, especially if you're having some bye week issues. We do have a, you know at least one really good offense on bye. So I I think that there's there's some upside there this week for D.D. Westbrook. Ray, um, we are no longer allowed to say Leonard Fournette's name on this podcast. <laughs> I, I'm fine with that. I'm 100% fine with it. Let's keep it moving. And this is going to be our longest wait for wire piece. And it makes sense because there's a lot of good names out there. Uh, Marquez, speaking of good names, Marquez, Valdez, Scantling. Uh, this is a guy who filled in for Randall Cobb in the starting lineup, correct? I mean, I wouldn't say like the Packers offense has gotten it going necessarily uh, and reached their peak performance a la the Bears yet. But tell me about Marquez, Valdez, Scantling, who is an interesting wide receiver prospect. Not the first one that they drafted, the second one that they drafted, but he's a big, tall body that can run fast in a straight line. Yeah, the middle child of the Packers rookie. <laughs> I should have the named it that rookies. way. Yep. Uh, but the so yeah, so he was the fifth rounder who he's taken behind Jamon Moore, but ahead of Equinemius St. Brown in the in the all name trifecta mm-hmm. that the Packers the Packers were able to get. And you mentioned it, yeah. He played in in lieu of Randall Cobb, who looks like he's going to miss another game. But I think more importantly than that, Geronimo Allison, who took over as the number two receiver against Buffalo. He left that game with a concussion very late in the game. That makes him questionable. So we could be looking at a situation here in which Valdi Scantling is, is actually the number two wide receiver in Green Bay. And you mentioned that Green Bay's offense passing game hasn't been great the last couple of weeks, but the number two receiver in Green Bay, I mean, you're going to like that. Geronimo Allison had six catches for 80 yards on 11 targets in, in this game last week. So so you're going to like that situation. And if you look at Scantling, he played 71% of the snaps against the Bills. He had three targets, including a 38-yard catch in the fourth quarter after Allison had checked out. So I, we're pretty sure that he's going to be the guy if Allison and Cobb sit. So he's worth kind of adding, putting on the bench, and kind of seeing what happens throughout the week. Uh, but anyone's passing offense looks great when you're facing Josh Allen, the Buffalo Bills, because... Just a disaster. Just, like, have you seen a, a worse performance than that? I mean, it was horrific. I don't want to make declarative statements after, you know, during a player's rookie season anymore, because then that can get extrapolated to their entire careers. And I think he's going to be awful. That's not what I meant. What I meant was people interpreted as me saying he's going to be awful throughout his career. But holy cow, right? That one game, I'm not even making comments about what happened in Minnesota or any, or what's going to happen in the future. But that one game was just an abject disaster. Oh, it was rough to Trying watch. to send Calvin Benjamin to the hospital, basically throwing <laughs> into triple coverage instead of throwing the ball out of bounds, throwing interceptions. Randomly, randomly leaving completely clean pockets, trying turning his backing out of completely clean correct, pockets. Turning his back to his wide receivers and running <laughs> behind outside of the pocket and running into a defender. It was like you hand a eight-year-old a PlayStation controller for the first time and say, hey, play Madden. Just not good. Really not good. Yeah, but he gets to play at home this week, so we'll see what happens. I'm assuming that Josh Allen will not be in your deep cuts. Uh, that is factually. That is correct. Um, that He's not in there. We do have a really interesting situation in the deep cuts, however. Three players on the same team who you might think about all rostered in 5% or fewer of Yahoo leagues, and those are the Indianapolis wide receivers who are not named T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton is expected to sit out Thursday night against the Patriots. That leaves the Colts with Ryan Grant. Chester Rogers and yeah. a name I had to look up, Zach Pascal. I had never who, heard of him. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know where that came from. I mean, he he played just player. thirty randomly generated computer player. 
I like it has to be right. He played 34 snaps on offense first three games. Apparently, I I hadn't remembered seeing him. He played just 49 percent of the snaps week four, but he had six catches, 56 yards, and a touchdown. So you at least have to pay attention to him, especially in deep leagues. If I'm looking at one of these receivers, though, I, I'm certainly looking towards Ryan Grant and Chester Rogers. Chester Rogers had 11 targets, caught eight of them for 85 yards in in the game against Houston. So you might look to him. I probably would lean towards Ryan Grant, who has been a more consistent contributor this year, even though you know the upside's not really there. The, the best course of action might just be to avoid the situation altogether. But if I was ranking who I would who I would add of these three, it would be Ryan Grant, Chester Rogers, and then, you know, quite a bit below that, Zach Pascal. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Again, subscribe to this podcast if you enjoyed it at all. Also, check out our friends over at Vivid Seats. Download the app and use promo code ROTO. And if you're into DFS, playing fantasy football, check out draft.com and use promo code ROTOWORLD there. Until next time, check out Ray's waiver column, and we'll talk to you all soon. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.